Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Nobody's. Welcome to a special Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone vacation show. Vacation show! Vacation show! We're not going anywhere special, just kicking back here in the beautifully air-conditioned Ray Horseman studio in North Hollywood, California. We're relaxing in this refreshingly chilly room to bring you a special treat. Our review of a movie original so that you know whether or not to see the sequel. This week... We watched Elvis Presley's Viva Las Vegas to help you decide whether you want to see the live-action release of The Lion King. It will all make sense later on. I'm Adam Felber, making sure that the logical discourse in our show doesn't leave the building early. Think of me as Colonel Tom Parker, only with several fewer chins. And now, please welcome the woman who ain't nothing but a conversational hound dog, Paula Poundstone. Thank you, Adam. And thank you to our house band on the mandolin. That's Dmitri Yevstefeev. Yeah, did yep. I do that right? Yeah. I did it right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna add in his middle name because he told me it's it's Dmitri Igorovich Yevstefeev. Yeah, how did do Dmitri? Yeah, all right. His, his real name is Greg Brady, but thank you, <laughs> right. thank you. But, but he for wants to make trying to make it more challenging. Yeah. Well, so Paula, uh, you uh, we're we're on vacation. It's now. our vacation we're show. We're kicking back, chilling here with some uh, brewskis. Every every summer, I have vivid, vivid memories of our family vacations growing up with the station wagon. We had a station wagon. Yeah, we had the station wagon. We drove almost every summer. We drove. Uh, Either directly to Huntsville, Alabama, or we would, you know, swing through some other now states. That's a long drive from like centralish Massachusetts, isn't it? It was, uh, well, you know, southwest of Boston, Massachusetts, and right. uh, yeah, because I was born in Alabama but raised in Massachusetts, and and I King was the, Tut. I was the youngest, so my family were Southerners. Right. Um, even though they were, because I, I was a month old when they moved to Massachusetts. So we were Southerners in a car headed south. This means two things. And, you know, kids now don't realize there were very few places to pull over uh, back then. Roads did not have shoulders the same way they did. And there certainly weren't as many rest stops. Right. Exactly. Now, you know, every few feet. Kids there's today another. are spoiled kids. by being able to pee willy nilly. Well, precisely. Yeah. We had a pan in the car. No. That you, yeah. They, they would not stop. You would sit on a pan? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was thoroughly disgusting. Yeah. 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 It's a beautiful I don't even think memory. that's a Southern thing. I think that's just a, your parents were messed up kind of thing. No, no. I think it was a Southern thing. Because even when you got to the house you were going to, there was, my relatives still had outhouses. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, my, outhouses and toilets or outhouses? Yeah, no, just an outhouse for me. Um, oh. n- no, we had outhouses, uh, that, that wow. my grandmother lived in a trailer park behind the trailer park was, uh, a Creek that had all sorts of, uh, you know, red dirt and, uh, stray cats. And we played in the Creek. One thing I remember vividly was oh sometimes, my God. sometimes we'd go to Texas first. And what I remember about Texas. Just is to that, get a clean shower. That, well, we had, yeah, we did stay in a bigger uh, house there, but it was, uh, oh, I forget my uncle Henry and my aunt something. And I think you're confusing uh, yourself with, Dorothy. but they weren't, so the thing is they weren't actual relatives. That's a big thing in the South. Everybody is your uncle. If there if there's a closeness there, you 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 make them family members, right? And not to me, by the way, not a closeness to me, but a closeness to my my mother or my father. So, all right. So we used to stay at this one house in Texas where they had they had like a um, a little teeny backyard and like a cement. Uh, a lot of the backyard was cement, right? And on top of that cement, there was an inflatable kiddie pool wow. that we used to dive into. What do you mean dive? Well, it wasn't From like a, a it wasn't like a head 
uh, you know, it wasn't like a head first dive, but, but we would like dive, you know, like a, a like pool. a racing dive into a running jump into a kiddie pool. Yeah. And um, and yet my rib cage seems to be in working order. Yeah, it's not uh, like you have a chronic cough or anything. And no, what I think back about that, I'm like, how did we not get like? Uh, and the other thing is, the whole way down, um, let's see, we had we had one set of relatives, uh, my aunt Irene and my uncle Leslie, who owned a laundromat. And by the way, I've always wanted to own a laundromat myself, perhaps because of that. Also, because I couldn't I, think of any other reason. I have OCD, and I bet you I would do the best fluff and fold. You ever. probably would. Yeah, you probably would. You know, you told me early on in our relationship about your relationship with being a dishwasher in a restaurant, yeah. and that sounded unhealthy. Yeah, well, it's not unhealthy if you're the owner of the restaurant. No, it's glorious. No, it's your bottom yeah, line. I suddenly. cleaned for forty-eight hours once, fell asleep while vacuuming. Um, but when I sell my remarkably soft tri poly blend T-shirts uh, with, as you uh, do at PaulaPoundstone.com. Yes, and also at my shows with a um, self-portrait on the left breast. And a memorable quote on the back. Right. Um, I folded those shirts. Those are, that is my folding. Really? It's gone into I thought those they were shirts. rolled up. Well, they are now rolled up, but some are still folded. Okay. Uh, but you, you could run a laundromat that does fluff and roll. Fluff and oh, God, that's a good idea. Is it? But so when we would pull over at <laughs> a gas station, yes. uh, my mother would say uh, to us, Do you want a Coke? And this was a huge treat, by the way. This wasn't See, the way I sucked down beverages. If I were your mom, my first uh, thing that I would have said it would be empty the goddamn pan <laughs> before I offer you another Coke. Uh, no, no, I think it was a thing where we were trying to get that pan as full as we could. She yeah. would say, does anybody want a Coke? And we would say, yes, 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 we want a Coke. And she would say, what kind? And I would say, grape. And my sister would say, orange. Right. Because everything was Coke. Everything's a Coke because to a Southerner. I knew the, that. I think, I'm the, sure all of our Southern listeners know South. that. There was no air conditioning uh, in the cars back then. My father made, uh, uh, he, uh, over the back seat, he made this like a uh, luggage compartment. So it rested on the top of the back seat, a board, and it went straight across over the wheel wells. And then uh, he had a hinged flap uh, with another board, and he slid the luggage under there. My two sisters slept on top of that board, and I slept in the little hole in between the tailgate and the board. And he, How are you alive? He was an engineer. And yeah, I that just makes think sense. now, like, if, if, okay, forget seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. We were projectiles. Yeah. Uh, and you yet, would have launched through that front windshield or back windshield. Yeah. Or in a pinch the side windows. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, he never had to hit the brakes because somebody had to pay. Oh, that's right. That's so it. That we saved just some kept time. it going. Well, it's a beautiful story, isn't it? It it is no, no, it's not a beautiful story. <laughs> it's, there's it's a beautiful there's story. nothing beautiful about it. It's it's full of buckets of pee and rivers of shit and well, uh, and yeah. kids going through windscreens. I don't I don't get the and my uncle the Leslie, part. who was really my great uncle Leslie, would take us to in Huntsville, Alabama. He would take us to an empty <laughs> an empty lot uh-huh. where he would fire uh, firecrackers off uh-huh. in cans. He'd put them in a can and light them. And, and we just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Because it was I, louder inside the can? I, I have no idea why. But what I realized se- as an like adult yes. is that, yes, he did that and we were there as little kids to be entertained. But I have a feeling that my Uncle Leslie would have been doing that all by himself. Oh. Like it wasn't just, you know. You've just taken was, me on this like, it was American you kids, come Gothic horror thing. Come on with me for my 4th of July celebration. How did you how did he how did it, how did he not have just one hand? How did you not get dragged under some porch in Alabama? I, I mean, never I just did. don't never did. Never you kids did. want a coke? Yeah. Orange grape. Oh my lord. You want some Mexican jumping beans? <sighs> we do. All right, let's move to a more pleasant subject. No, uh, it's a beautiful story. Uh, yeah, but well, more pleasant uh, would be uh, you losing your will to live. No, I haven't yet. Uh, the, yes, you did. Remember? Oh my gosh, yes, I did lose you know my will to live. About. What was I thinking? You, they changed uh, the recipe on Butterfingers. They changed the Butterfinger. And yeah. here's the awful part. They have, I mean, I was eating some Butterfinger chips once, which is one of the best sizes. Chips. And uh, they're called Butterfinger chips. It's little bite-sized Butterfingers. Oh, I've had those bite-sized Butterfingers. And they come in a box. Delightful. uh, Like, not individually wrapped. And I opened up, uh, some one time I was on the road, I was so excited to get my favorite treat. 
I put it in my mouth. I almost spit it right out again. It was so awful. And then right. I thought, well, it's got to be like it's the it's got expired, a bad batch. right, or yeah. something. And then or I an international look- one. I find, I find that these candy companies, when they come from another country, they just make them a little oh, different. Oh man! Well, I looked at the box, and there, to my surprise, to my horror, was a red corner that said the upper left. "New Improved." Recipe, right? And we've covered this. That's when the sands shifted beneath my feet, right? And it turns out, this is why I bring it up. You, Paula Poundstone, are not alone in this death spiral that you've been in since they changed the recipe. It's been awful. Because uh, you you hoarded as many as you could of the old recipe. I have, and I have to say, a fan, and I forget where they were. I think it must have been a nobody. Um, I forget what city I was in, but she made me a Butterfinger necklace. Oh, that's so nice. It was really kind. Well, there's a there's a journalist um, named Caroline Schnapp. Caroline Schnapp. Caroline sure. Schnapp. Mrs. Schnapp's youngest. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, of, of the um, New Brunswick Schnapps, no yes. doubt. Um, she they ran the town. She wrote in Food and Wine just recently, just, you know, in March. In Food and Wine. She didn't spell out words with Food and Wine. No, she wrote- Food <laughs> and Wine Magazine. Food and Wine Magazine. I'm sorry, you're right. <laughs> she was desperate. She was desperate. All she, she had wrote, to write with was She wrote food. in Food and Wine, help, I'm yes. abandoned on And an I have island. no pen. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, she wrote an article entitled, I'm hoarding candy bars for my daughter, let me explain. She's built up a personal stash of Butterfinger's original recipe, and her emotional connection- is is as personal as yours. It's it. She said, um, "As a new mom, I feel a strong sense of maternal responsibility to pass this knowledge onto my uh, and the knowledge being the old butterfingers onto my daughter." Hmm. Um, will the newer, admittedly less saccharine version fulfill all her, all her hopes and dreams for what a chocolate treat can be? No, I can't be sure. So she's saving these. Wow, things. boy, she's a better person than me. Yeah, because you'd eat them all. If I even hear the pantry door open, I'm like, get out of there. <laughs> Those are mine. It's a. Uh, yeah. So you're not alone. No, we have a petition linked on a, on the on our Facebook page. Tony Anita Hull drew one up. It's taken off. It's, it's taken the off. Phones I ha- are lighting up. I haven't looked at it recently, but yeah, the phones are lighting up. <laughs> well, I uh, I am in the process of writing a rap song. I was going to ask you about with, uh, with amazing musician producer the... Jay Deal, yeah. who was on our show about three weeks ago. You wrote a very good rap. Thank you about Butterfingers and how they don't need to change while yeah. other things do. How's that coming? It's coming along really well. I was in my hotel room uh, in Washington, D.C. just a couple days ago, uh-huh. uh, late at night, working on my rap. And uh, uh, I assume that was cheering I heard in the other room. There was a lot of banging on the wall. Well, banging is usually not cheering. Uh, uh, no, I think it was people. Was it rhythmic banging, like to the tune, to the rhythm of your song? No, didn't sound like then it. Then that's almost certainly an irate, uh, you know, a patron of the same hotel huh. being angry at you. Wow. Yeah. Well, then it's going to evoke feelings. That's well, what rap I know. Well, always does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's, it's an angry music, so. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I'm continuing to listen to uh, Kendrick Lamar and Drake. Um, because Who you feel you have a lot in common with. Artists that I have a lot stylistically in common with. And, and, and again, I have to ask you, in what way? Um, we rap. Okay. We rap yeah. about meaningful things. That's true, and it's, they both do. It's not just bullshit rap. Particularly, particularly Kendrick. I, I, I'm uh, Kendrick a really Lamar big fan. Kendrick Lamar got a Pulitzer Prize. For, and, the, uh, for the newest album. Yes. Uh, the and, name escapes me, the one with, where all the songs are in capital letters. Yeah, and I'm, uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to one-up Kendrick Lamar, but... I don't think that's a real risk. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's that completely I was, out of the realm of possibility. It's not out of the realm of possibility it's nowhere that in my the realm rap of possi- work no. with the assistance and, and tutelage of, of Jay, uh, Deal. Jay Deal. Well, that's possible. Well, He'll make it sound better. Yeah. He, he. I don't think he can make it sound a lot better. Not according to the people in the other room when Again, I was in Washington, D.C. those people were not necessarily really supportive. I think they were. Did you, did they, were they yelling as well? Um... It was something, yeah. 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 It was. It might have been rap. It was something like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> was, oh, yeah. It could have been. <laughs> yeah, frequently said in rap songs and also by people who want you to shut the fuck up. Oh, I thought it was like joining in like with the feeling of the- No, no, no. If they were joining you know. in, it would be like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. No, on that zone. No, well, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm almost certain that- uh, well, that's that's good. <laughs> the next time you're in a hotel. Try to pay attention to the actual content of, of their lyrics and see I if just, they match you know, up I'm with yours. I'm a positive person, Adam, which right. I think you've learned by now. And so I'm pretty sure that was supportive banging you are on the other side of that wall. You are relentlessly positive when it is un, <laughs> unwarranted. Um, now, Paula, it, 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 it's a vacation. 
It's a vacation show, and what do we do on vacation shows often? We often watch the first installment of a franchise to tell you if you should watch the sequel, which is coming out. And uh-huh. summer movie season, so we have a we have a bunch of possibilities. Tonight, we're reviewing um, Viva Las Vegas. Exactly. To determine whether you should watch one of the most anticipated summer movies, which opens this week, The Lion King. Uh-huh. That's now, right, because Elvis Presley is the king of rock and roll. Okay, right, right. and uh, and and Margaret is Nala. In that, in that, you know, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Because, I think you should, because you know, like a couple weeks ago, we we were letting people know if they should see the um, the new Men in Black movie, right? And we, so reviewed, we watched the Smurfs. We watched the Smurfs because uh, Men in Blue, Men in Blue. Yeah. So we're it was very helpful to a lot of people. By the way, we've got a lot of feedback on our Facebook page with people saying that um, they also liked the Smurf movie and that's why they went to see Men in Black. Oh yeah, yeah. And people have been saying that to you. Or has this been while banging on walls on the other side of your hotel room? No, no, they've been saying that to me. A lot yeah. of people have been saying yeah, that like to who? me. Adam loved, I can't remember the specific names, Adam, and I don't think that's important. What I'm saying not. is, listeners, so it's got to be one of 12. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. should narrow it down <laughs> yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, it does. I, I can ask them. And we'll be back with our review of Viva Las Vegas right after this. All right, we're back, and we're ready to review Viva Las Vegas so that you can determine whether or not to see The Lion King. Okay, so Viva Las Vegas features Elvis as a race car driver, and he has to win back the affection of Anne Margaret, just as uh, Simba had to defeat Scar to take back his homeland. Yeah, so you can see already there's parallels. Almost. Uh, you know, Elvis Elvis was a race car driver. Um, he's introduced as a race car driver, like in the beginning of the film, you only see him actually drive a race car at the very drive end. Drive until the, the end. In, one of the first, maybe the first scene that he's in, he's um, gambling in yeah. a casino. They do. I gotta say, there wait, is wait, a before great... we get to the review, we do have an announcement. Oh. If that's okay. Yes, please. Yeah, it's um, before we get to our review. I want to give a shout out to our audio engineer Anthony Alfaro and the Meerkat. He brought with him to the Ray Horseman Studios this week. It's a oh nice my salute to the Lion King. Wow. Oh, look at it. It's got its little paws. It's standing up. It's yeah. standing up it's with its little paws looking over. Look. I think that's one of the ones from that PBS show, or what was it? Meerkat Mansion? Meerkat Kingdom. Yeah, I'm pretty whatever. sure I recognize that yeah. one. See, I nowadays I look at Meerkats and all I see is Nathan Lane. Why? He played in Meerkat in the original animated Lion King. I didn't know that. Didn't he? No, I have no idea. I'm I don't pretty know sure if he did. did or he didn't. I am pretty. I, I, Ken no. Lezebnik. You're thinking of, of Ken no. Lezebnik's America is You're right here. Of he's the nodding. producers. You're thinking of the producers, the Meerkat version of the producers. I assure you, I'm not thinking of the Meerkat version of the By producers. The, well, Anthony, thanks for bringing the Meerkat. It's I, really nice. Anthony's been bringing bright, animals those, every week. He's been bringing animals. Uh, where does he get them? I don't know. Get the animals. I think they're black market animals at best. Um, so is this version? Uh, I just want to tell the listener that Viva Las Vegas was the real people. Viva Las Vegas, not the animated. Right, Viva. and I just want to tell our listeners that there was no animated Viva Las Vegas. Uh huh. Well, but, a lot of people aren't sure because now, especially with Disney, they do the animated, then the real people, and then they do the real people, and then the animated. Right, but this Disney had confusing. nothing to do with this, and, and, there, and uh, there was no animated there, um, well, Viva Las Vegas. There was. I'll tell you what it was. Um, it was a 1964 MGM film. It did well at the box office, number 14 on the variety list of top grossing uh, films of the year. Elvis Presley is Lucky Jackson, and Margaret is Rusty Martin. Um, Cesar Danova as Count Elmo Mancini and uh, William Demarest as her father as Mr. Martin All right, so they do a terrific like I don't know what you call that montage or something of all the old um, Las Vegas which were new at the time we opened with a shot of the Las Vegas strip yeah Yeah, and the old strip the old strip uh, Golden Nugget and all that the strip that had uh, strippers yeah and it was uh, was, uh, that part was great after that it's downhill um, yeah, I, f- I think we have to say right away that we did not, neither of us enjoyed this. It started, like, within moments we got to a real hashtag Me Too moment. It, it, it almost felt like the Donald Trump, Billy Bush moment, because Elvis Presley and his his rival, this this, um, this Count Elmo Mancini, who's a driver too, yeah. they, they, they meet Anne Margaret and they immediately start- Wait, but we have to back up. Okay. Before that, Elvis wins money- at a craps table. Yes. Okay, right after they show the montage of, of Las Vegas, Elvis wins money at a craps table. And heads, yeah. 
And then, I don't know, and then we find out other things. But before they met Ann-Margaret, he had won money at a crap stand. And he was going to use it to, to buy a new up, engine. Beef up uh, his, his race car so he could race in some big upcoming race. Right. And, and so that's, that's kind of, that's the setup. And then Ann-Margaret pulls up to his garage and, and Elvis and this rich count who's also a race car driver right. kind of conspire behind Ann-Margaret's back to trick her and find ways to find her. And, and yeah. they're going to be was competing a for her. Too-y. They yeah. pretend that her, I don't know, she said her engine engine was making a noise she thought yeah and they both start telling her that it you know it's going to take a long time to repair it uh, and if they, they quickly break the car so that she can't start it and so that they can get to know her a little bit by by the way almost any woman who's ever brought her car in for work yeah uh has experienced something similar not necessarily somebody not somebody making a sexual play right but women in general get ripped off at um car fixers uh, with regularity, wow. so it's not weird. That part was not. A, that's you, you really know what was regular. Really, me too about it though was was the camera. Oh right, it followed her ass right. The from camera the start. was like all on her ass from from the first second, and then and then she would uh, uh, you know. It was it was kind of gross. I didn't even notice that, but apparently you did. Of course so, I did. Uh, I of was course just, I did. That, I was, that is what it means to be a, a straight man in, in, in 2019. You have to yeah. look back on our entire cultural history and you notice that stuff because you've been yeah. trained to and you just, I, make, I guess you yeah. instinctively do, I was just, and you hate it at the same time. No, I was listening to the dialogue and the way the relationships were being built. And I was punching myself in the nuts and calling myself an evil piece of person. <laughs> so we we were she experiencing a, it on different yeah. levels. She had a really she had, oh that's what you were doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we should say I want to say outright though, Anne Margaret, not just beautiful, but like the, fucking believable. The only she thing worth great. watching in the movie. Every time she was on screen with Elvis, you couldn't take your eyes off of Anne Margaret. Yeah. Uh, and, and in your case, her ass. And uh, well, and whatever yet, was on camera, whatever yeah. part of her was on camera. No. She she made him look like so untalented as a singer yeah. and a dancer. Really, she did. And I was surprised by that because, by the way, I like Elvis Presley as a singer. And I do not. Um, yeah, because they don't go tight on his ass for you. Um, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, so So anyway, she, I mean, she really, uh, that was unexpected for me. I had... And you know, I, obviously I mean, my Anne Margaret references. You know how lovely to be a woman, which never did anything for me when she was Kim McAfee in uh, Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, so I was prepared really not to like Anne Margaret, and I got to say she was she was fantastic. wild. Yeah, she's just great. And um, you know, we should say the cameraman was obviously a, a man. Um, but the movie was written by a woman, Sally Benson. This really surprised me. Right in the beginning when the, when the credits rolled, I'm like, oh my God, that's a long time ago for there to have been a, a woman writing the screenplay of a big deal movie. Of a big deal and, movie, yeah. And Margaret, uh, well, an Elvis and Margaret vehicle, if you will. A vehicle um, about and vehicles. And then when you watched this movie that had every trite rom-com conceit they're possibly you know it's like she they meet her she doesn't like elvis he follows her then she does like him then he's a race car driver and he needs money and it all depends on him winning the race. and at one point she says to him because of course she wants him to quit racing well he hasn't even raced since they've been together but she worries um, she's worried that it's too dangerous and and then at one point she says to him you're just going to keep gambling and racing he gambled once we don't right. have any evidence that he ever gambled before. Well, neither does she. I think, uh, yeah. Right. Well, precisely. So it was just this trite, horrible writing, which explains why um, there were really no women writing screenplays for years after this. You, you think you think uh, that Sally Benson just kind of? Um, I think she wrecked it. She she deep six the, uh, yeah. the, the 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 female writer just yeah. all by herself. I think she kind of ruined it for everybody. I don't think. I mean, there were a lot of bad Elvis movies. I don't think they were all written by Sally Benson, but she did have ninety nine stories um, published in the New Yorker magazine. I didn't know that. I guess after this movie, they didn't wow. give her one hundred. No, and, no. Um, I think she ruined the the possibility for many for many many women writers. Um, by the way, the the character of uh, the Anne Margaret character. Um, 
they went looking for her because they're like, oh, a good looking girl in Las Vegas. And so they assume she must be a showgirl. Yeah. So they go to all these different nightclubs looking for her and they can't find her. And then like the following day, outside the window of the Count's hotel room. The very hotel they're both in. Right. They're staying at this hotel and they hear a voice that they recognize and they look out and she, there's a pool at this hotel. And for some odd reason, the pool has a swimming and diving coach. For I've, little I've, kids. I've been to many hotels. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they, they'll say no lifeguard. It'll say it right there. It'll yeah, say but, swim but at your own how risk. How many hotels have you been in 1964? And how many luxury hotels? Because well, I'll, I'll tell you something about this. Anne Margaret and Elvis and the Count were not like peeing in pans. In this hotel. I was about to say in 1964 when my parents would pull over, we did stay in a hotel and it often had a pool. I don't know if you'd call a Howard Johnson's a luxury hotel. I but, wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> certainly had a good Hojo Cola. Well, all right. <laughs> so they show when we are introduced to the fact that she works at this as the swimming coach. There's a long uh, uh, scene of her coaching little kids in diving. Uh, yeah. And, um, and again, that's that's, you know. We thought we were going to see her as a showgirl, and they decided to, in a much more dignified manner, put her in a bathing suit. Right. Oh, there she was in, in a bathing suit yeah. and, and helping. And and this is a little-known fact. There is, uh, on one of the divers, one of the little boy divers, there is a very young Greg Luganis. There isn't. There is. You, really? Yeah. Don't you remember that kid who hit his head on the way off the board? Oh. Yeah, and yet it was still a fantastic dive. Yeah, well, no. Yes. Yeah. Do okay. you remember when the pool fills with blood? <laughs> and the lifeguard, everybody out, everybody out. You did, you did doze off several times while I was busily you punching were, myself. You in were the punching nuts. yourself in the balls, so yeah. you didn't. Yeah. Uh, you missed this yeah. whole part. Shame, um, shame, shame! I kept yelling. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, it, Adam, you know I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl, and he has kind of a a little bit like me because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it, but his name is Theo, and he has a really grovelly voice. So he'll, it's it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression, um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay, so earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted, and I'm wearing a nylon fiber fill vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love? That's what I say. What is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family, you know that already, and you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. Go ahead, ask me. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. That's a lot of pets. Sure they allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's ASPCA. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know... Every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. 
not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i i think my eyes closed they're so co- it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect 
perfect mattress match in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, You know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. In one scene, Anne Margaret and Elvis. Oh, this was this was something very notable. There's a scene where Anne Margaret and Elvis are singing and dancing together. Now, there's nothing about his character so far that has been described as a singer in any way. Yeah. And yet, um, she says to him at one point that she's teaching dance lessons somewhere, and she wants him to come because the kids are all expecting him to come. Yeah, he shows. Okay, sho- well, why would they know him? He shows up and he misses the dance lesson, and and, and she said, "Oh, I told him all you were coming. Uh, at least maybe you could sing." And I was like, "Yes, let's ask the race car driver to to, to sing yeah, to the dance." That, that has a potential gambling problem after one gambling. Uh, but here's the thing: so they they go they do a song and dance, if you could call it that. I mean, I got to tell you. I loved how Elvis moved when he sang, but this guy Did could you? not fucking dance. He was really bad. Yeah, I mean, because his movements when he was singing were like there was this pelvis thing that he did and a lot of posing. Yeah. Yeah. It's later the kind of thing that Mick Jagger ended up doing. I mean, I, I'm sure that... They had very different moves, but it was the sort of thing where did. it's not really dancing. It's- and, and Mick Jagger never put on all that weight. No, Elvis wasn't fat in this movie. Not in this movie. No. But you could see he was headed in that direction. Can you really? Did um, you really no, feel like you could see it coming? No, no, I'm kidding. No. no. Uh, so Anne Margaret and him danced together, and they were. she's wearing a yellow dress. Yeah. Uh, like a pale yellow dress. And Elvis was wearing this short yellow jacket. Yeah. Um, and and part of the conceit of the movie is that they, you know, they both needed money. He needed money for his engine. This is why he had to go out and gamble. Right. And yet they the had never met The engine was literally before. the engine of the plot. It was that on and the they, nose. And they and they had never. And the vehicle for the movie was a vehicle. They had met like a day before, and yet already they had not a color that you frequently would find. They were both wearing yellow they were dance both clothes. Wear, like they already had matching outfits. Well, there was and a lot of say, imagistic stuff there. The, the, cost, the clothing they had Elvis in, and I'm not, I'm not saying, well, it wouldn't be attractive today. I'm not saying that. I, I'm saying it was ugly then as well. Yeah. It was so bad. Um, it was tacky. That the costume designer is now awaiting sentencing and Still. hoping that her assistant doesn't flip uh, wow. and go state's evidence. Uh, it was wow. bad. Wow, 50-odd years later, she's still awaiting sentencing. Viva Las Vegas. Vegas! And that's the thing. When he was dancing, oh I, I, I Painful, felt, painful. I, especially during the Viva Las Vegas number, which is Viva! obligatory. Las Vegas. Yeah, what you're doing was a, which looks like you're spasming, yeah. was better than what he was doing. It, yeah. it was reminiscent of like Martin Short doing an Elvis impression. If they were making that film now, right, it is not beyond the realm that I would be called in to coach him in dancing. That's how bad his dancing was. <laughs> I think Viva it was, it, Las Vegas. It was really weird. It was yeah. almost a Pee Wee Herman dance. Yeah, this was. 
I mean, you have made me watch some shit films in your backyard. No, no, we keep going back to this you have made me thing. We yeah. are doing a, a a podcast together. Okay, in this case, I suggested that we watch Viva Las Vegas. So then you only, made me watch some I, shit films. No, I only made, I, I only suggested that we watch Viva Las Vegas because I wanted a film that would help the, the listener know if they should watch The Real People Lion King. Yeah. And I felt this was the best Guideline. I, I, I do. Serengeti. <laughs> uh, I felt this was the, the best. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do get guide, the premise of guideline. this bit. But, yeah. you know, why you ever made me watch Predator, what? that was yeah. one piece of shit What a weird film. leap of logic it was when the movie The Predator was coming out to watch the original Predator in this, in which I told you you'd hate, by the way. Yeah. And then what was the other one you liked? Pacific Rim. I love Pacific Viva Rim. Viva Pacific Rim. It was awful. It was horrible. Why are, we, why are we retracking to those? Because you're embarrassed Viva that you made us watch the Miranda Street. Uh. <laughs> Viva North Hollywood. <laughs> this is a Viva Tohunga. Uh, I still do but, not But you know, Ken Lezebnik told us that this was uh, one of the more respected yeah. Elvis movies. Ken which said sends that this fear was uh, that critics liked Viva Las Vegas. Is and that true, Ken? Yes, according to Wikipedia. Yes, according to Wikipedia. Ken Lezebnik. Uh, who uh, does his uh, research through Wikipedia, which tells you a lot about this show. Yeah, yeah. Ken, who's written documentary after documentary using only Wikipedia right. as a guide. He's known as the Wiki Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it is sad to think that this that critics liked this film. There must have been a dearth in, in 1964. I think Elvis was such movies. a legend and, and the whole beach movie and race car movie was such a thing. Yeah. Well, that, there's no beach in this, by the way. No, they, but, but the, you know... Um, they did show... Uh, Lake Mead was beautifully showcased. Yes, Lake Mead was... was, was and there was a Hoover Dam. There was, some, there was yeah. some decent cinematography. They kept trying to tie in all these things. Like, the okay, the girl's father, William Demarest, yeah. come, she said, well, she... The storyline made no sense. He kept trying to say, like, where she was from, where she was raised, and it turned out her family moved around a lot. Yeah, but, but she started in Las are. Vegas and then got back to Las Vegas. Yeah, he said her father worked on the Hoover Dam. And fell in love with the nautical life of Las Vegas. Yeah, and so then he came back. They lived in a, a dwelling that was looked okay, like now, a Okay, th now this like I want to touch on, because to me... One reason to possibly see the film, just out of curiosity, is that weird frickin' house or boat they lived in. It was either a house themed like a boat or a boat that was themed like a house. Yeah, we often couldn't figure out exactly. We, where I mean, they there were there was a there was a helm and there was a, there was a, a, a what do you call those a portholes and 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 ropes and stuff and yeah. yeah, it was almost like a little dream ballet set. There, it was really weird, and yeah, it, was it was lit weird. crazy too. Yeah, I think that uh, the set designer um, is also awaiting sentencing right now, and hoping that his. <laughs> there, there, uh, there, you're saying there were some cinematic flip. crimes it committed. Was, there, yeah, there was some. There was some bad, yeah, bad I, stuff. Yeah, even if you, even if I hadn't been spending the whole movie punching myself in the nuts over my feelings for Anne Margaret and how, despite how poorly she was being treated by the camera in this movie. I still wouldn't have enjoyed it. Yeah. Apparently late that night, I wasn't there, but apparently late that night, Adam went to his wife, Jeannie, with a really short pair of shorts and asked her to put them on. <laughs> Is that what you think I did? Yeah. 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 And, and who told you that? Um, Jeannie's mother. Jeannie's mother. Now, now, you, you are, you are establishing a relationship she, with Doris uh, for the purpose of this show. No, Doris told me that she named Jeannie after Jeans. Yeah, we, we established that, that last named, week that that wasn't uh, true. Uh, uh, Jeannie's uh, younger sister after uh, Kulats. Yeah, yeah. Kulats. Jeannie does not have a younger sister, in point of fact. <laughs> well, She's that's because Kulats named went out Stephanie. of style. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the listener can't probably hear this, but the pod puppy is whining right it's now. He's weeping, yes. Um, and it's just over thinking about Viva Las oh, Vegas. Vegas. The yeah, pod puppy God. did not like that film. Yeah, and I did not like that film. So based on our dislike of <laughs> Viva Las Vegas... <laughs> Right. Do you say that leads me to tell our viewers don't go to the new Lion King film? Now, now, now really? Yeah. Because I was going to say, do you think it's Viva Lion King or is it a hunk of hunk of burning shit? It's a hunk of hunk of burning shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, Wise I, men say only fools see the life people King, Lion King, don't. but I can't help. 
falling in love. Yeah. Um, yeah, I say don't see it. I say based on our extensive research into Viva Las Vegas, do not see the real people, Lion King. <laughs> and I say given the deeply flawed criteria that we use as my only guide, I will agree with Paula Poundstone. Skip that live action Lion King because Viva Las Vegas 55 years ago was not a good movie. There you go. <laughs> Okay, well, we're going to take a break right now, Paul. A break from our vacation. And uh, we'll be right back. We've got Ken Lezemnik's America and, and much more after this. Blowing up my inflatable device. The Cat of the Week is McDermott from Heightstown, New Jersey. We're back. Paula, um, following your vacation, whereabouts are you going to be performing? I'll be in Ithaca, New York at the State Theater on October 5th. And before that, I'll be in Nashville at the Tennessee Performing Arts Center on September 20th. Whoa, 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 wait. Did you say Nashville? I did. Well, this is, this is a crazy, incredible coincidence. But did you know that tonight's installment of um, Ken Lezebnik's America... Is set in Nashville? Oh, get out of here. It's really? uncanny. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. is uncanny. So this is this is uh, Ken Lezebnik, our security muscle? No, 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 no. That's his son, Ben Lezebnik. This is uh, Ken Lezebnik. Ken, writer, producer. He's a producing partner. He's not always here. Sometimes he works in New York. He's working. He's working. You know, as opposed to the rest of us, Ken has a job. That's right. He can't just be here on Miranda Street hanging around like the rest of us. He's actually out on the road traveling the blue highways of this great land. That's right. So let's start the road trip we call... <laughs> Ken Lezebnik's America. <laughs> you kids, get in the fucking car. <laughs> get that dog out of there. We're not taking that dog. We're headed to Nashville. Oops, I did it again. I played with Welcome to Ken Lezebnik's America. We packed up the car. The kids are singing in the back. You can hear them. And the family's headed down Highway 40 to the home of the Grand Ole Opry, Nashville, Tennessee. Could you at least sing a country song? We're going to the home of country music, for fuck's sake. I hate country music. Well, well son, we're going to Ryman Auditorium, so you better change your tune. Oops, I did it again. Is that better? I'm going to get you a fried pickle. Maybe that will shut your pie hole. And you know what? I can't wait to get to Hattie B's hot chicken. Spicy hot chicken, fried pickles. Are you trying to kill me? I'm getting nauseous just thinking about this. Well, oh, son, look, look. There's the world-famous Tootsie's Orchid Lounge, the world's best dive bar with country music. Oh, like that's going to be an appropriate place to take a 10-year-old boy? Are you 10 now? When did that happen? Hey, 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 everyone. We're passing by the Tennessee Performing Arts Center. I hear that iconic comedian Paula Poundstone will be performing here September 20th. We could stop and get tickets. I just want a fried pickle. I just want an herb. In fact, could you pull over to the side of the road? No, where's the pan? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> What? Oh, God. <laughs> That's all right, Sonny. You, honey, you, you don't, honey, you don't have to eat a fried pickle. All right, put the pan on the floor and don't kick it. Roof, roof, roof. That damn dog got in here. He's going to eat the upchuck. Let's get out of here. Oh, oh, maybe I'll... <laughs> Maybe another day. We'll visit Ryman Auditorium and pay our respects to the Grand Old Opry. And maybe someday I'll be able to purchase tickets to see the highly regarded comic Paula Poundstone at the Tennessee Performing Arts Complex. But for today, that's Ken Lezebnik's America. Thank you so much, Ken Lezebnik. That was really fun. That was fun. For all my tour dates and to purchase merchandise, including my remarkably soft tri-polyblend t-shirts with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back, please visit paulapoundstone.com. You know, it strikes me that all of Ken's um, travelogues to date have also featured him mentioning that you are performing at the very places that uh, 
Just a coincidence. Okay. Bizarre coincidence. Yeah. Just, it just happens to happen. Think nothing of it. I'm thinking nothing of it. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And together we present Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. We explain the historical significance of everyday etiquette topics, then answer your questions relating to modern life. So join us weekly on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. No RSVP required. Check out Schmanners. Schmanners, Schmanners. Get it? Fairhaven's a city in a bubble. An actual bubble. It keeps the monsters out. Most of them, anyway. I never liked the look of movies on Blu-ray. For my money, Betamax is the superior format. I'm thinking of deleting Facebook and going back to MySpace. As far as beverages go, I'm just kind of over water. Though I guess at any given party, you're going to meet some dudes like that even if you're not in the middle of a nightmarish wasteland. Bubble, the sci-fi comedy from MaximumFun.org. Just open your podcast app and search for Bubble. Become so refreshingly cool in Ray, the Ray Horseman studio that I'm now donning a sweater to deliver the end credits. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezevnik, and Tony Anita Hull. <laughs> Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Our head of security is Ben the Animal Lezevnik. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Uh, remember this classic? Oh, yeah. Can sure. you feel Anne Margaret tonight? Yeah, can you? <laughs> Viva! <laughs> Viva and Margaret. This is the uh, harmony that goes with Viva Las Vegas, but you have to do it just right for yeah. it to fit in. Go ahead. Yeah. Viva Serengeti. Yeah. Do you hear it? Yeah. Do you hear how they go of. together? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Feels just as spurious as it did half an hour ago when we recorded Don't go it. see The Lion King. Yeah. And don't go see Anne Margaret. She's too good. She's Nala. I would love that. I was, I was Margaret purring. You I was know, punching myself things, in the nuts. Anne Margaret had messy hair when yeah. she danced. Yeah. Which I don't think any woman Delightfully had ever messy, had messy hair, hair before. Yeah. Really? You think she was the first sexy, messy hair person? Yeah. That was very sexy. Because that became a thing in the 80s, right? Yeah. Tousled. Yeah. Can you feel it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.